And you may grow super fast doing stuff like that. But for me, I wanted to have a focus. And I felt like since I had a focus, I was able to really gain a good core engaged audience. And that definitely helped me with my rebrand. And it's helping me up until this day. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have the dynamic Dana Bolden. Dana is a lifestyle blogger and CEO of Bolden Creative Media. Now, some of you may recognize Dana's face from her campaigns with some of our favorite beauty brands. On today's show, Dana will share how, through combining her passion for both beauty and fashion, she was able to build a strong following of engaged millennial women and an amazing social media presence, which led to major brand partnerships. As a seasoned creative director and content creator, Dana has also captured the attention of major online and print publications, including Essence and Forbes. One thing to note about Dana is that she has taken this whole blogging world by storm in a relatively short period of time. You'll learn on the show that although she had started growing her presence before stepping out on her own, it's when she truly invested in her personal brand that brands started calling her to partner. Dana juggled a coveted career at Under Armour for as long as she could while side hustling as a lifestyle influencer but finally stepped out on her own in 2017. Now, you know I can also totally relate to Dana's journey of going all in on her creative passions and launching a business around her personal brand. Today, we'll unpack the life and business journey of a lifestyle blogger and entrepreneur. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Dana. Hello, hello. So in your own words, tell the Side Hustle Pro audience, who is Dana Bolden? Wow. Well, Dana Bolden is, first off, I am a mother to my amazing little girl, Aria, and um, my husband. I'm a wife to Ernest Bolden, and I am just an overall businesswoman, entrepreneur, um, and woman that is out here just trying to make it and do my thing. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I just got, got finished reading your awesome, awesome bio, but I want to unpack that a little bit, you know, what, find out what led up to this path. So tell me a little bit about your childhood. Like I know you play basketball, right? So yes. how, how did that experience influence your path to entrepreneurship? Oh my God. I don't. So basketball has been such a a huge part of my life. And it's so crazy because I don't even play anymore. (laughs) And my husband's like, we were supposed to be loving basketball. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the fact that basketball, like ever since I was a little girl, I think I picked up a basketball probably at the age of like eight or nine. And I remember, you know, just picking up that ball and shooting it in the hoop and like, oh, okay, I kind of like this. And ever since then, I was so committed to the sport and all sports in general. I played basketball, volleyball, track, like everything. But basketball was the one that was really like my first love. And, you know, my father, my mother, they were all in. When I tell you they were basketball parents, like (laughs) from AAU to practices every day from coaching me to like 
everything you can think of, they were all in 100%. And that definitely defined my path. Um, because with basketball, you know, I play AAU and then that helped me get a full scholarship to college because, you know, my parents weren't financially fit enough to like afford college for me, you know? Um, so, or I would have been going to like a smaller scale college, but the fact that I went to a huge college division one college on a full scholarship was because of the hard work that my parents put in all of my life. And that has definitely shaped me and you know, who I am today because I was able to go to college, get a great education and then come out and just kind of pursue and find my passion. So basketball as a child was everything for me. (laughs) And were you also like a really good student? Were you one of those people that was able to balance both? Yeah, I definitely feel that I was able to do both throughout, you know, my high school and college career, balancing both, you know, academic and athletic. Did you know what you wanted to do when you came out? Was that a kind of straightforward path for you or did it take you a while to land a career post-college? I think for me, I kind of I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but not really, <laughs> if that even makes sense. I knew graduating. So I went to school with um, for a degree in business with a concentration in marketing. So my goal was, since I loved basketball and I loved sports and athletics, I just wanted to kind of merge the two. I'm like, okay, if I can get a job in like marketing, business, and um, athletics, that would be super cool. Like that's what I want to do. I want to work my way up to be a, a top executive at a business. So that really was my goal and my track. But it definitely had nothing to do with what I'm doing now. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you end up at Under Armour? So in college, obviously, like I said, I play basketball. So we wore Under Armour and that was like a brand that was just like, okay, this is a great athletic brand, you know. And I remember my junior year Under Armour was opening a store locally and I was like, okay, well, it's the summertime. I need to make some extra money. I need to do something. And I was like, Under Armour, they put out, I guess, like a recruiting and they're recruiting the athletes because obviously for them, they want to work with athletes. So I applied to work at the retail store and, you know, it was just going to be part-time during the summer, you know, get some extra money and I would be good. So I got that job and I actually liked it. I was like, okay, I like working for this brand. I'm like, okay, well, what if I just stayed here and kind of work my way up? So that was just my mentality. It's like working my way up to see and setting my foundation for the future. So that was my goal. So I was literally a part-time sales associate working at Under Armour. And I'm like, okay, girl, do your thing, work hard, and maybe you can get to corporate one day. And um, I remember one day um, a guy from the corporate office, he came into this, the retail store and he had told me about this internship program and he was like, oh, you should definitely apply. And I was like, okay, I kept in touch with him. I gave him my information and a few months later I applied for the internship program and I got it. And it was out of like 7,000 applicants at the time and I was one of 40 um, interns and I got the opportunity and that's how I got my foot in the door at Under Armour as an intern. And then it eventually led to a full-time career. 
Wow, I love that. Starting out from the sales floor. I didn't know yes. that. Yep, Kudos. Yep. At the bottom, yeah, girl. <laughs> People always ask, like, wow, how do you get into Under Armour? You know, it's like, how do you work for that brand? It's like, literally, I had to start from the bottom to get there, you know? Right. And I'm sure having that experience as both the athlete, but also on the sales floor, like, you know, a lot of companies now nowadays, when even if you start at corporate, they have those people go back and work in the store because you need to have that lens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You learn so much by being first in line to the consumer. You know, it's like at the end of the day, the goal is to sell product. And it's like being on a sales floor, you come in contact every day with the person spending their coin for this company. So it's such a good way to learn the brand, learn what the consumers want and just really, you know, get that hands on experience. Right. And, you know, Dana, as we're talking too, I'm thinking about you as a person who connects brands with consumers and what you're doing now. And, you know, I always like to ask these stories and go back because it all makes sense. The dots always connect yeah. looking backwards. You know, you it have does. this first line of contact and, you know, now in the work that you do, you're doing, you're continuing to be that conduit. So let's talk a little bit about now, you know, you actually getting into blogging. What year was that and why did you start blogging? Okay, so it was 2014 now. It was so funny how I came into blogging and my husband, Ernest, he would pro he always takes all the credit as to why I got into <laughs> blogging. He's like, you would be here because of me. And this is a story why he says that. I guess it was a time where I had just had my daughter, Ari, and I was just like one of those moms. I was just kind of at home during maternity leave. I just had my baby and I'm just like so consumed with being a mom. And then obviously my husband, I'm just like, I was up under him all of the time. And he's just like, you need to find a hobby. You need to do something. Cause I'm in Baltimore. I don't have family here and I didn't have friends here really. And I was just depending on my happiness through just being a mom and my husband. And he was just like, you can't live like that. You know, it's like, you got to be able to do other things and explore other things and just find a hobby. So Back then, one of, you know, one of my best friends, Brittany, we were into natural hair. We were into fashion and we started our natural hair journey around the same time. And we had initially wanted to start a clothing boutique. But my mindset at the time was like, there's so many clothing boutiques. What's going to make us stand out, right? What's going to get our fan base up? So I was like, okay, let's start an Instagram page where we can build our community first, then drop something on them, right? So I'm like, <laughs> okay. Because it's like, if you build your community and then you launch a product, it makes sense because it's like, yeah. okay, people already are riding with you, you know, they know who you are. Then when you try to sell them something, it's, it's easier. Right. So we decided to create an Instagram platform and it was called chic naturalistas where it was the merge between fashion and natural hair, because we could showcase fashionable naturals and build our community through that niche. Because at the time there wasn't any community pages really focused on both fashion and hair. It was tons of pages focused on just hair or just fashion. So we're like, okay, let's merge the two, create this community. Once we build a community, maybe we'll just have our boutique. But that that got nixed because we're like, 
wow, this Instagram page, people love it. So it grew. And then we, de- we decided, hey, let's start a blog. You know, let's let's capitalize on the fact that people love hair and fashion. And let's start sharing our own hair and fashion. So we started a blog probably about seven months later after our Instagram page kind of grew. I think it was around like 15 to 20,000 followers at the time when we started our blog. And we did our blog together for two years. So that's really how I got into blogging. But then last year we decided, you know, we both had different goals. You know, personally, we wanted to kind of explore, you know, I I was a mom, she was a military wife. And it's like we grew to the point where we wanted to have and explore our own personal passions, which we did. And we are so happy that we did because, you know, she's doing an amazing job. I'm doing an amazing job. And we're just both happy with what we're doing currently. So that's how I got into blogging. The long story. That's awesome. Now, when you were like, okay, I need to branch out on my own. What were the first steps you took? Did you say, okay, I'm going to name this after myself and these are the Mm -hmm. themes I'll cover? Yeah. So when I rebranded, so back a year ago, and it's, it's crazy that I'll hit my one year blog anniversary in April, but a year ago when I launched my blog, I did rebrand. So before my Instagram name, and I was known on social media as it's Dana Dane. And I, when I knew that I was going to launch my own blog and, you know, have my Instagram presence heightened, I just was like, okay, let me just let me change it to my name. Like, and the reason I decided to rebrand to just Dana Bowden is because I felt strongly about, obviously my name is Dana Bowden. I can't change it, you know? Uh, and I know I won't get tired of, I felt that I was outgrowing it's Dana Dane, even though it's still, um, incorporated my name to an extent, it wasn't fully me. And I decided to say, okay, let's just rebrand as Dana Bolden, DanaBolden.com. And you, your focus is going to be, you know, obviously showcasing style, beauty, fashion, hair, but more so women's empowerment. I really wanted to have that as, you know, my lane. And what I focus on is not only the pieces of, um, you know, my brand that I love, which is influencer work, but I wanted to also incorporate empowering women and showing them that they too can live out their passions. And that makes sense because, you know, I don't know if I was under a rock or what have you, but yeah, it seems like I discovered your Dana Bolden page about a year ago. And I was like, how is this woman just out the gate? Just <laughs> How is she doing this? Yeah. And, you know, these questions just, just were going through my head. But had you started doing brand partnership work from before you rebranded? Slightly, just a little bit. Like we did small things with Chic Naturalistas, but I was getting a little bit of opportunities under It's Dana Dane, but not nearly as much as after I rebranded and um, started my blog this past year. I feel like after I rebranded, it just kind of like changed a lot for me. I don't know what it was, but people are like, where did this girl come from? (laughs) I just think it was maybe my focus on, you know, what I was putting out in my brand. And it just was just a different level of focus. And I feel like the opportunities just came. And it's like, I sit back and think about, I couldn't even imagine getting these opportunities as it's day to day. It's just, it's just like a whole different brand. And I feel like rebranding can help that. It gives you a new focus and it gives you a new kind of goal for yourself. So let's break down the the rebrand a bit, because I know that 
every single day that passes, every second, it gets more and more crowded on Instagram and harder mm-hmm. and harder to stand out with the blog. It still is absolutely possible. And I want people to be encouraged here. And especially with the, um, I don't want to say speed because I know you you put your blood, sweat and tears into building out, yeah. you know, Dana Bolden. But I do want people to know you don't have to wait 10 years either, you know, to yeah. to start making income from this. So let's right. unpack the actual rebrand. You know, what steps did you take to build your audience and to stand out? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, right before the rebrand, I did have some buzz. I, I'm not going to lie there. I did have a good audience. I would say I was probably around 25,000 followers at the time. And, you know, I think the steps that I took was consistency. I think even when, you know, I had my previous blog, I felt like I was super consistent with, you know, what I wanted to share with my audience. And I feel like that's how you capture people is consistency. It's like, if you're only posting once every month, people are going to forget, especially with how, you know, short people's attention spans are. It's like, if you're not hitting them daily or at least a few times a week, they're not going to be excited to what you have to come. So I feel like that was one of the number one things that helped me grow and helped me with my rebrand was the consistency that I was putting out all of the time. So I was super consistent. My following was starting to grow. Brands were starting to take notice. And then um, once I decided to obviously rebrand, I invested in a web designer and um, a graphic designer to do my logo. And I felt like my branding just took it up a notch. (laughs) Like I was so in love with my branding. And that is just super, super important because I think people take you more serious (laughs) when you have your stuff together, as far as your branding and what your look and feel is and what you're, what you're all about. Like me just having my mission and my model, which is inspiring women to do all things with love, passion, and style, having that clear focus for me, I think just set me apart because a lot of times bloggers don't have a mission or a model. <laughs> you know, they may just be like, I'm here just to show you some cute clothes <laughs> right, right. or I'm going to throw this lipstick on and you don't exactly. like it, you know? Don't put this me, Gucci bag in every single right, shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I... For me, like that's cool and all, and you may grow super fast doing stuff like that. But for me, I wanted to have a focus. And I felt like since I had a focus, I was able to really gain a good core engaged audience. And that definitely helped me with my rebrand and it's helping me up until this day. Now, when did you make your first dime from blogging and how did that come about? I think I made my first dime and it's kind of crazy I was probably around 7,000 followers and Cream of Nature reached out and they wanted to do an in-store. They're doing an in-store, which means like they'll um, meet at a Sally's and I was like the host of it and people can come out, meet me, uh, talk, you know, see the products and I can talk about the products. And that was like my first opportunity. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) they are about to pay me to host this event. Like that is crazy. And to me at the time, like I said, I only had 7,000 followers. So I was thinking like, wow, you know, typically the girls I see doing this have 20, 50,000 followers. So I was just super shocked that they thought that I was like good enough, quote unquote, good enough to do this. So that was the first time I got paid. And it's ironic enough that four years later, after that first opportunity, I kept a relationship with the brand and I was on a big national campaign with them this past year. So I would say that was my very first opportunity. And I was just shocked. I had no idea I would be 
an entrepreneur doing what I'm doing at all. It was just not <laughs> something I knew could happen. <laughs> You know, I love, love, love that you share that cream and nature reached out to you when you had 7,000 followers. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, how did they find you? Did they ever share how they found you? Yeah, I asked one of the marketing managers a while ago, like, because I visited their office and I remember her specifically reaching out to me. And I, and I said, that I was like, wow, you guys asked me to do this when I had 7,000 followers. I was like, what made you, you know, reach out? And she was just like, you know, we wanted up and coming bloggers. And she's just like, I saw something in you. Like, I love your look. And I just, I know that you have it. And that's why, you know, I wanted you to be a part of this. And I was just like, wow, that is, that's dope. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So you made your first dime now. You're starting to see that there are opportunities for monetization, which revenue streams did you focus on when it comes to blogging? So the revenue streams for me was the sponsor posts and events. That's where I saw, you know, the significant amount of my income come. So brands paying me to host an event or be a spokesperson for them. And then obviously the sponsor posts, which are, you know, brand collaborations, whether it's trying or, you know, sharing a product that I love or, you know, wearing a certain outfit or going somewhere and sharing about it. Those were the main um, sponsor post opportunities that I see for my business. Okay. And once you started making this income, did you start thinking like, I want to quit my job? Or was it still just like, this is awesome to have money on the side? When did you start even contemplating quitting? Yeah, so it's been almost a year since I've been a full time blogger. And I left my job last, uh, was it 2017, beginning of June. And I, like I said, I did not see this coming until up about maybe seven months into last year. And I was like, okay, this is, this is getting good. You know, like once I got to the opportunity where I was like constantly busy, constantly booked, I was like, okay, this is a possibility. So I laid that foundation and I've made it a part of my goal to say, I want to be my own boss. I want to be an entrepreneur. And what I did was I just used my opportunity on the job at Under Armour to continue to save. And, you know, my side hustle became my main hustle. And I'm just like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So had you saved a, a goal amount before you took the leap? Yes and no. So like for me, I got to a point with my full time job and you can understand this. It's just like, I wasn't happy and it wasn't like anything against the company or anything like that. It was just, I was so in love with what I was doing outside of work and I was seeing the type of money I was bringing in. I'm like, okay, so you mean to tell me (laughs) (laughs) working two weeks to get a, the same amount I can get in a weekend, you know, I was starting to get that kind of income. So once I saw that, I was just like, why, why am I putting so much effort into my nine to five when I have my business here that I'm thriving at and I love it. I need to be doing this. Like I need to jump and I need to put 100% effort into this because at this point it's like, I'm only putting half time effort. So I'm not going to get the full-time results of this job or my, my own personal business. And I just kind of said, okay, let's, let's do three months of income. So I think I saved like $10,000 and you know, that wasn't even 
I mean, I probably should have or could have saved more, but I was just like, let's at least have this amount saved and just go and just do it. And that's exactly what I did. I had to go. Yes, I can 100% relate. And you know what you did, though, is you had income that you knew was coming in. And even if something was to happen with one contract, you now know how to make a living in this new career that you've created for yourself, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, so critical. I see, I think the biggest gap that I see in questions that come to me is people who are just tired of their job. And so they want to quit, but you got to have the other piece too, where it's like, okay, how are you going to make money (laughs) once you quit? Um, So, because people say that all the time, it's like, how do you, you know, like for me, I have, you know, a house, I got a husband, I got a daughter. I just couldn't, I had to be realistic with myself. I couldn't just jump and not know where I was going to get any money, if I had any money coming. So I definitely prepared myself because I can't be left just like with no kind of like knowing where my money is coming and going. Like I had to set myself up, especially because I have a family. So I definitely wanted to prepare myself, but. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You want to know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial, and my go to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace and how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro to start your two months now. As side hustlers, we're in the business of turning our ideas into value. The thing is, we need time to cultivate fresh ideas, which is exactly where our sponsor FreshBooks can help. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use. You'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flourish. If that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I can't cover them all, but sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a good place to start. There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all my listeners. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section. So I think I've seen you, you've, you've had the opportunity to meet really influential and inspiring women. And do you ever have moments where you're just like, I cannot believe I get paid to do this? 
girl. Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just like, wow, this is my desk. You know, this is my office. This is where I go to make money and, you know, do my own thing. And it's just such a blessing to be able to do this and be surrounded by women that I love and I inspire to be like, even being on this podcast, I'm just like, girl, I remember sitting at my desk at work, listening to your podcast and being inspired by all of the women that are on here. And the fact that I am sitting here telling my story and can, you know, hopefully inspire other women is just such a blessing. And it's just like, everything is just coming full circle for me. You know, a few weeks or a month ago now, I went to my leaks retreat, her, my taught you retreat. And just being in a room full of women that are just bosses, you know, it's like, yes. wow, this is crazy. And listening to my leak, cause I'm obsessed with my leak and just seeing her up close in person and just talking to her and all of the speakers that she had there. I just really love the space that I'm in. And I'm just so honored to be in this space. I love that you're making your own path and have figured out how to make this possible. Because I know there are those moments where you're like, well, how is this possible? Yeah. But let, let's talk about this. You know, what is an influencer in your definition? So an influencer for me, and it's funny because I don't even like to call myself an influencer. You know, like some influencers have it in their bio. Right. Like, influencer. <laughs> and like, I, I know I question that sometimes. <laughs> I, I just I just don't understand that. Like the term is something, you know, the industry gave us. But that's just something I wouldn't call myself like out in the public. You know, like I'm an influencer. <laughs> but um, I think for me, an influencer is someone or at least for me and what I consider myself is someone who has built a community of people that are engaged with them and that they truly value. Because for me, I value my followers. Like if you know me, you know that I value my followers. If you care enough to send me a message or to repost my content or to send me an email or to write a comment, I value you and I want you to feel that I value you. So for me, an influencer is someone that has an audience's attention and that they trust and that they believe in. I want all of my followers to feel like I'm their best friend. That is my job because I want you to feel that way. I want you to feel like you have a relationship with me because I want to be there for you. And I really, truly value my audience. So I feel like an influencer, a good influencer is someone that has built an audience of people that truly, truly trust and believes in them and that obviously they can influence them in good, positive ways. Whether for me, it's not even about the products I may talk about. If I'm influencing your lifestyle to say like, okay, I want to, you know, be my own boss or not even my own boss. I want to level up in my career. Or I want to be an executive or, you know, I want to start a family or I want to travel. Like if I'm influencing like your lifestyle, that's even more, you know, more important to me because it's like, I am helping you with your, you know, your life, like setting new goals for your business. That's what I'm about. And, you know, speaking of the influence piece, I also feel that your influence extends to being able to share your life, your vulnerability, your transparent moments and influence yeah. others to, you know, not be ashamed to do the same. So, for example, something as simple as I saw you post about you were you've been so busy and then you looked up, stepped on the scale and it was like 20 pounds. And I was like, yeah. That's my life. <laughs> and I and there's certain things that are too sensitive for me to even put up myself. You know, like I share a lot of myself, but there's some struggles that I deal with that I just keep to myself. So, yeah. you know, that to me is extended under the influencer umbrella. And one thing I appreciate about what you do. So 
Also, what does it really mean to be a lifestyle blogger? Like what kind of work do you do? Yeah. So just to remind, because I want to touch on the, the relatable factor, like, you know, me sharing my struggles, I feel like that helps other women because we are all aren't perfect, right? It's like some women may look at me and like, oh, your body goes, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, girl, I am not. Like I shared my, how much weight I gained. Like I said, I gained 20 pounds and I literally showed them my before pictures. Like, girl, this is where I'm at and I am not happy about it. Like I was literally stressed and I was not happy with my weight gain. And I showed it because I'm like, I want people to feel like, I can do it too, as far as getting back healthy or getting back in shape, because, you know, so many times we see these Instagram models or we see these girls with these perfect bodies or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, I want to be like her. But it's like, this is the reality, you know, like I'm a mom, like, you know, I gained the weight, but guess what? I'm going to fix it, you know? And I want to be able to be relatable with, you know, the content that I share. Like even before that, I shared you know, how I even quit my job, which is another story. But, you know, I told my audience, I remember the day last year when I decided to leave my job, I went on Instagram stories or Snapchat, one of those platforms at the time. And I was crying. Like I was literally like, y'all, I am going to leave this job. I cannot do it. I I just don't think I can continue on because I want to do what I want to do my own passions and my own goals. And I was literally crying. So I feel like the people who saw that can appreciate my journey because I'm real, you know, and every single day I want to show that I'm real. I'm not on my Instagram or on my Instagram stories, you know, maybe on my Instagram, I'm, I'm slayed, <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, you, know, you, are. <laughs> you know, like I, I try to, you know, keep it 100 on my, on my Instagram stories. I, I'm going to be without makeup. I'm going to be the real me. I'm not going to be all dressed up all the time. Like I just want people to get me and who I am. And that's what I try to, you know, show my audience, because I feel like if you're relatable and if you're real, people are going to obviously trust you and they're going to believe in you. And that's what I want for my audience. So the relatability, factor is so important to me and so important for the content that I share. All right, let's talk about the actual work because I know we see you slaying on your Instagram feed and it looks easy and some people think that's all it takes is to get up there and look cute on your blog, on your Instagram feed. But no, let's talk about what it actually takes to go from blogger to businesswoman. What kind of partnerships and content do you create with brands and what energy goes into being a creative content person? Absolutely. I mean, it takes a lot of energy, y'all. I mean, you know, like you said, people think it's just like, oh, looking cute on the gram, but really to make this a business and and to really be effective with at this is the planning part and the creative brainstorms and the creative concepts. It's like, how do you take your content to the next level? You know, back in the day, all I needed to do or all I wanted to do was stand in front of a white wall. <laughs> like if you gave me a white wall, I would take a cute picture and I would call it a day. But it's like now I'm trying to elevate in my brand, in my career, in my business and think outside of the box when it's it, it goes to creating content. So what that entails, it's like brainstorming. Okay, what is the project? 
What is it that I'm trying to sell to my audience and how can I sell it to them effectively, but not too overly salesy? You know what I mean? So that takes some planning, you know, whether it's lifestyle content that I share, you know, and lifestyle meaning, you know, sharing what I'm doing on my daily life. So whether it's, you know, being a mom, you know, to my daughter, Ari, whether it's my business, whether it's my fitness journey, whether it's what I'm cooking for dinner, whether it's traveling, that's like my lifestyle. And it's really about sharing that. And the way you, you know, do it effectively is by planning and really trying to elevate your content by brainstorming on how you can share it to your audience in a way that's going to be engaging to them. So for me, I have like, I literally, if I have a campaign, I'll put the campaign out on my desk and I'm thinking, okay, what is it that I'm, what is the message? And for me, that goes back until like, you know, I studied marketing in college and then I worked in corporate America for a huge brand. So that is what it's all about is storytelling. So how can you tell a story? And that takes a lot of work. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I, I get stressed because I'm like, oh God, what am I trying to say? What story am I trying to tell? But that's really a, how you take your brand to the next level, you know, not doing the bare minimum because the bare minimum isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, how can you elevate and take it a step further than the next person? So that's what I'm constantly thinking and constantly trying to do with my content and my brand. And at what stage I heard you mention before your photographer, the web designer, um, when did you invest in those team members or, you know, part-time team members? Yeah. So I'm at a point where my team is strong right now and I'm so happy about that. And I still want to build upon it, you know, as I continue to grow my business. But, you know, back in the day, it was either me trying to do it on my tripod or me trying to get a friend that could snap a a couple cute pics on my phone. That was, you know, me back in the day, which is completely fine. We all have to start somewhere and we all have to just, you know, do it. Cause if we just wait until we're perfect, it's not going to get done. So, you know, back in the day, like I said, I used those tools to get the content, which helped me and I was able to grow. But now for me, I'm in the elevation stage where I'm trying to continuously grow and make better than what I was yesterday. That's, that's me investing because when I was doing it yesterday, I was doing it by myself. (laughs) So the way I make it better is by investing in people who are good at what they do. And I am not afraid to invest money into my business and my brand. So like I said, with my website, I invested in the graphic designer. I could have did it by myself, which I probably would have did a decent job, but I wanted to do better than decent. I wanted to be great. And the way I was going to be great is by hiring somebody that's great. And I don't mind doing that when it comes to my brand. And right now I'm at a point where I have a photographer that I work with consistently. We meet up, you know, every week and that's my guy. Like I'm so blessed to have him because it's hard to, as a creative sometimes to find a consistent photographer, you know, like that's a blogger struggle, but I was able to find him and he's amazing. And then, you know, I recently hired an assistant, which is like godsend for me. (laughs) So it's really for me investing in your brand. That's going to give you more arms because at the end of the day, you only have two and you can't do it all. So for me, um, investing in people that can help me has definitely elevated my grant for sure. And how do you approach brand partnerships? Is it more of a proactive thing where you are going out and you're thinking, okay, you know, which brands do I want to work with and you're pitching them? Or is it more brands are coming to you at this point and you're part of influencer marketing agencies? Yeah. Yeah. So right now brands have been coming to me 
And, you know, I am at a point where I I shared this on my Instagram stories a few days ago. Like I want to start to pitch. I want to start to get opportunities myself. So I got my media kit together and I started, you know, getting tools together that I can pitch brands and get opportunities and, you know, set some creative projects on my own terms. So pitching is something that's a goal of mine and I want to do more. That's interesting because when you say brands coming to you, do you also include those websites that you can join where you kind of see a list of upcoming opportunities and put your name in the hat? Well, no, because I just recently found out about a few of those. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't even doing that. Like, I wasn't even on any of those influencer networks until a few friends told me about it. I'm like, ooh, I need to be doing that, you know? And since we mentioned it, I know people will ask, um, what are some of the ones that you would recommend people look into, you know, trustworthy influencer networks to join? Yeah. So I'm relatively new. So I I wouldn't say like, oh, these are great because I don't even, you know, know if they're given a lot of opportunities. But for the ones I've seen that are great, collectively stylehall.com. So again, for those who don't know what this is, it's basically um, influencer websites where brands And the influencer agency will, you know, pick out influencers from the network that you're signed up for. And if you're a good fit, they'll pitch you to the brand. So if a brand comes to Style Hall and say, okay, we're looking for 10 girls. What 10 girls do you have that can do this campaign? Then Style Hall will pick from their database of girls. So if you're signed up to these databases, then you can potentially get picked for opportunities. So this is a great way for, you know, blogger influencers to get additional opportunities outside of pitching or outside of brands, you know, coming directly to you. So uh, like I said, Style Hall is great. I just did something with them for CoverGirl. Collectively, I signed up for and for your card is I haven't gotten anything with them yet. So but I'm, you know, sharing it just in case somebody else do. But for your car and they have really great tools. I love for your car as for an influencer to learn more information because their owner, which his name is James, he does these weekly like YouTube series called Drink with James. And he's literally answering all type of influencer blogger related questions. It's I learned so much from that is like so good, so helpful. So for your card, I would say is a great site and a great tool for bloggers for sure. Now, speaking of those networks and things like that, how do you approach forming relationships? Because you're really good at that. You are very relatable, like you said, and it seems like you can roll in many different circles. Is that Mm -hmm. something that you just have a natural gift with or Do you intentionally put yourself in situations where you can forge really important relationships? I think it's definitely a mixture of both. I am, I, anybody who knows and meets me in person knows that I'm just like super down to earth, super friendly. (laughs) Like I could meet you in a, in a grocery store and spark up a conversation and be like, oh, hey girl, you look great. That's just my personality. So I feel that, you know, being able to be in these circles, like networking events has helped me for sure. Um, so yeah, I just think that's just a part of my personality is like, you know, being able to forge relationships and knowing that, you know, and it's not like, 
I don't like when people get into relationships or network with the intent of getting something. Right. You know what I mean? Like that is just not the way to go. It's like, just be genuine. Just want to meet and know someone and be open to meeting and knowing someone. And you never know where that can lead you. Prime example, my friend, my now friend, Christine Mitchell, I remember sometime last year, she slid in my DM like, hey, I love what you're doing. You know, I'm in the area, in the Baltimore area. I would love to connect with you. You know, let's grab lunch. And I was like, okay, I was down for it. We grabbed lunch. I was working my nine to five at the time. I scheduled my little lunch break (laughs) with her. (laughs) And we met for lunch. We had a great conversation. I was like, oh, wow, she's great. She's great. You know, and, you know, on that lunch break, I learned that, you know, she wrote for Forbes, she wrote for other websites. And I'm like, wow, this lady's awesome. So we left a conversation, you know, obviously with our numbers exchanged and plans to meet up again, which we did. And then a few months after that, she's, she hits me up like, Hey, Dana, I'm writing a story about millennial moms for Forbes. And I want you to be featured in it in the highlight of this article. And I'm like, what? Like, that is crazy. I would love that. And I say that story to say, like, she slid in my DM and wanted to do lunch. And I was so open and I did it just because that's just my genuine nature. And I genuinely want to meet and learn about new women that are doing great things. And I was open to it. But had I not you know, did that, who knows if I would have been in that Forbes article, you know what I mean? And it was just like network. I've I've got so many opportunities in this past year because I've, I've built genuine relationships with people. And I think being genuine, being humble will get you a long way in this industry. That is for sure. What won't get you far in this industry? Now, you mentioned that you like to get back to people in the DMs, but I know you have to get some ridiculous DMs. So what are some do nots? (laughs) I mean, uh, I I try my best. You know, I'm not going to say I'm 100% because nobody is 100% and nobody is perfect. But I try my best to respond to people via DMs. But what I won't do (laughs) is I... I'm a good set. I have a good judge of people's character and people's business savviness by how they approach you in a DM. Like if a brand, if I go to your Instagram and for one, it's like trash, I can't really take you serious. And what I mean by trash is like, okay, how are you a product company? And you don't got no products on your Instagram page. (laughs) I can't, I can't deal with that. You know, I can't take you serious. So when you slide through my DM saying, what's your rate for a post? I'm not going to respond because one, your brand, if I'm looking at it, it doesn't even look like a brand. And for two, clearly you're asking my rates via DM. I just can't take you serious. (laughs) You know, especially when my email is right there in the bio, when it says business inquiries. So I, I just, those are the things I just can't do. But for the most part, if you come to me genuine, you really want to learn or you really want to, you know, learn about me or want me to learn about you or whatever. And I can see that it could be, you know, some, something that I'm interested in, I'm all for it. But you just got to come correct, people. Come correct. No matter what you're doing, come correct. Amen. You know, that's a perfect segue for me to ask you. Now, what are some blunders that you have made in this first year, year and a half of entrepreneurship? Some things that have gone wrong that you're like, okay, not Mm -hmm. doing that again. Yeah, I feel like I'm learning. Like it's been so, and it's funny that you asked me that because yesterday I just got reject. Well, I guess rejected. I guess I can share it here. 
we I went back and forth with a brand as far as negotiating the rate for a project. And I stood my ground on my rate. And I worked with this brand before and I knew that before I didn't get what I probably should have. So that was just some a learning point. So when you say what are some mistakes, I'm like, oh, I sold myself short that first time. I'm not gonna do it again. And, you know, for me, it's like learning and you learn, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn, especially when it comes to money, you're going to learn. And this time I'm like, I'm not going to let down this time. Like I can't do it. And we negotiated back and forth and they came back to me like, oh, we're, we're just going to move in a different direction in so many words. And I was pissed off because I thought like, okay, maybe they'll go for it. But then when they didn't, I was very upset and I was angry. But I, I got to look at myself like, don't be upset and don't be angry because at the end of the day, you know your worth. And if they're not going to pay it, then walk, it's okay to walk away. It is okay because you will be more upset if you take the opportunity and don't get your worth than you will be if you walk away from opportunity and, you know, you could go do something else. Yes. So, you know, that is something I had to learn along this way. And I'm like, even though I was upset because I, you know, lost, you know, a lot of, a lot of money, but I have to look at it like, you know, your worth. And at the end of the day, they're going to know that you're serious. So when they come back to you, maybe for another opportunity or if another brand, you know, comes at you, then you're, you're going to have the opportunity because you know your worth. And it's like, at the end of the day, what is for you won't pass you by. And I'm a firm believer of that. And I'm just ready for the next door to open because that one closed. So I think for me, you know, as you said, just things I've learned along the way, is like knowing my worth, being able to negotiate, like if brands are taking the first rate, then it probably, <laughs> they probably have a buddy. Uh, so those are just different things that I'm learning along the way for sure. Um, that has helped me in my business. Okay. Before we transition to the lightning round, another really quick note on that. So when a brand comes to you with a figure and you're a new blogger and you're just so excited to get the figure, would you negotiate on that or would you, you know, do the work with them first? And then as you continue to do more work, negotiate? That's a great question. I think it determines it depends on the brands and how excited you may be to work with them, especially if you're a new blogger. Because like I said, I've had those opportunities where I just took the first thing smoking and I, I didn't really <laughs> look and see, okay, does this make sense? Is this, you know, my worth, blah, blah, blah. So I would definitely, you know, think about the longevity of the relationship because like I said, I've worked with the brand before and they came back and again and again and again. So I was able to get different opportunities with them. So it's like, just, you know, sometimes you have to get your foot in the door with these brands. It's kind of like internships, you know, with blogging. It's like, you know, when you first start out, you're not going to be making, you know, $10,000 on one campaign on your first round, you know, your first trial, unless you're lucky. I mean, you may be lucky and God, you know, good for you. But, <laughs> for most, you know, for most bloggers just starting out, you're not going to be making a ton of money within the first few months. So, you know, getting your foot in the door with these brands are, are is great. And I would definitely say if it's nothing crazy, like if they come at you with something low, definitely negotiate. But if it's within a comfortable rate and you're happy, like sometimes you don't have to negotiate the first round, especially if it's a brand that you love and you're excited to build a relationship with. And that's what has helped me, you know. All right. Thank you for that. Now let's transition to the lightning round. You basically answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. 
All righty. Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Um, a resource, I would definitely say networking events. I feel that going to these events has helped me tremendously in my business because I'm just a networker. I love meeting people. I love forging genuine relationships. And I feel like if you're able to meet people in person and network and really get to know them, and like I said, don't network with the intent that they're going to give you something, just build relationship with your peers, build relationship with, you know, industry people that you admire. And just having those connections and friendships with people, I think has helped me in my business. So I would definitely say, going to events, you know, investing in yourself. It's like sometimes these events are a couple hundred dollars, but you have to know that it will be worth it because that person that you want to meet or maybe that relationship or connection could be in that room and you want to be in that room. So invest in yourself, go to these events and don't be scared. Don't be scared to go to these events alone (laughs) because (laughs) I've been to events by myself and that's how you open yourself up to meet new people. Number two, What's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year? Oh my God. I love so many podcasts. Like this freaking podcast has been amazing for me, but I would say as far as books, I recently shared this too. Um, I think it's secrets of six figure women. And I love that book. I actually listened to it on audiobook because it's just one of those books. that's great to listen to hearing other women's story on how they were able to make six figures helped me make my six figures. I think, you know, just hearing unapologetic women and hearing their tips and their stories can definitely inspire and motivate other women that are obviously looking to make more money in their business or even their careers. All right. Number three, who is your favorite black woman entrepreneur and why? Oh, gosh, I have so many favorites. <laughs> um, I think it's easy to say my leak because she's amazing. Like I just I think every black woman <laughs> entrepreneur loves her. She's great. And I just came again. I just came back from her retreat. So she just she inspired me so much over the past few years. I just love listening to her tips, her stories, her motivational talks. Like she's just amazing. Obviously her podcast is great, but I will also say, um, Siobhan Riggins, she's the owner of Curl Kalan, and she's also, you know, a mentor of mine. And I just love how she, you know, built her business and what she's doing with her brand. And also CC of Six Figure Chick. She's great. I mean, she's always sharing resources and she's just, you know, making the money to back it up. And I love that she's able to share with other women, you know, what she's been going through and how she's able to build her business and helping other women build their businesses. So, yeah, those are, that's just a short list. I have a ton, but okay. yeah, those are the top of mind women. <laughs> now, number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? Personal habit. Um, I would say being humble. Like I, I feel like being humble and has helped me with my business because it has helped me be relatable to my audience is it has helped me connect with them. And at the end of the day, like I wouldn't be who I am without my audience as far as like brands wouldn't want to work with me if I got one person following me. (laughs) Just being able to connect with the women who follow me and being humble enough to like want to help them has been a super big part of my business is reaching back to help others and being humble enough to help. And I think that's a habit I, I love about myself in another business or another habit. I wake up early a lot. <laughs> like I think that has helped me, especially when 
I was working a nine to five, like waking up early to get stuff done. That is key. Like when you're working your nine to five, you have to find time. And for me, getting up early, whether it be uh, five o'clock, sometimes four thirty, you know, to get stuff done, you know, before my nine to five, that was key for me. And it has helped me tremendously get to where I am now. All right. And finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are scared of losing that steady paycheck? Oh my God, girl, I would say you have to do it. Like I, you literally get one life. You know, I just celebrated the life of my aunt this past week and you know, it's, it's crazy. I don't want to end it on a sad note, but it's just like, you know, you're in a room full of people who obviously admire you and look up to you. And it's like, what is going to be your legacy? You know, what is going to be the thing that you leave behind? Or, you know, if you in your life, if your life ends tomorrow, it's like, are you truly happy with what you're doing? And that is what I had to ask myself. <laughs> it's like, I want to be 100% happy with what I'm doing and I want to be living and doing my passion. So it's like, you get one life girl. And it's like, if you have to leap in order to make that happen, do it, you know, or if it's, you know, you wanting to move up in career, like at your job, that's fine too. But as far as, you know, the steady income, it's like nothing is promised, even at your job, like they can let you go tomorrow, you know? So I, I just think determining your own path, determining your own destiny and living out your passion outweighs the uncertainty of not having a steady paycheck for sure. Love it. Alrighty. So what is the best way that we can connect with you after this episode? Definitely on Instagram. That's my number one and favorite platform. So that's Dana Bolden on Instagram and that's D-A-Y-N-A-B-O-L-D-E-N. And then on my website, DanaBolden.com. And then obviously on Facebook again, Dana Bolden across all social media platforms. But yeah, Instagram is my most favorite. I'm definitely most engaged there. You know, you can Insta story me, you can DM me, comment on my picture, all of that. And I will definitely respond back to you. All right. And let her know you heard her on Side Hustle Pro. <laughs> yes, I would love that. If you if this is your first time hearing about me, I would love, love, love if you message me on um, my Instagram or leave me a comment to say that you heard me on this podcast. That would mean so much to me. So definitely hit me up in the DM. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining us in the guest chair today, Dana. Thank you so, so much for having me. Like I said, it's an honor to be on this show and I'm so thankful. Thank you. And there you have it. This episode was brought to you by FreshBooks. For your free, unrestricted 30-day trial of FreshBooks, visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at side hustle pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the side hustle pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.